Welcome to the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Training Podcast for serious-minded, deep-thinking, career-oriented network marketing pros who are sick of the fluff and appreciate the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Now here's your host who has produced over 200 hours of real-world training for the industry, 30-plus years network marketing pro, Dale Calvert. Hey, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to this session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. Uh, I'm sitting here today in our studio here in Kentucky at our office. Uh, snow on the ground. It's not supposed to be snowing this time of the year. Had a couple podcasts scheduled for today. And I'm switching direction a little bit. This is a topic that I've been thinking about for about a year. And I just kind of woke up this morning and I said, you know what? Today's the day I'm going to do this. I had something else planned for this week, but I hope uh, I hope this will really um, – the right person, the right people will hear this at the right time in their life and in their careers, my hope. I realize that this topic can come across extremely judgmental and that I promise that's the last place that I live. I'm not trying to come from that perspective at all. But we're going to talk about cursing, foul language in business, in business. And I just need to get this out of my mind and out of my head and get it out there and let it fall where it's supposed to fall. And that's where I live. A lot of you guys understand that, that listen to these podcasts every week. So I just needed to say it. And again, I'm not coming from, I don't want to come across as, you know, holier than thou or, or anything like that. I, that's not where I'm coming from. I, I have no judgment um, for the most part. It's just it's an indicator when people use foul language. It's just it is a red flag. And I understand uh, the concepts and why some people do and and why other people use continuous foul language, uh, cursing in their business and even from stage. And I get all of it and I understand it and I can argue for them. I can argue against them. Uh, I could go multiple different directions here, but I just need to share some thoughts. Uh, maybe this is selfishly knowing that, okay, Dale, it's been said, uh, it's been done or not, you know, but again, it's snowing outside. I'm sitting here looking at the snow coming down. It's nearly March. It is March. Nearly April. Baseball season. The Reds are going to be playing here in like five days, and it's we're, we could have a half a foot of snow out here. But anyway, uh, I just needed to get this out of my head, and I hope that you take it in the spirit in which it's intended. And the reality is the people that this would probably really offend will probably never hear it anyway. So that's where we're at. Zig Ziglar, way back early, early, like early in my career, he said 
those that use foul language and curse in their business or curse period in their life, it's an indication of a poor self-image. It's an indication of a poor self-image. And at this point, I heard that probably 30 years ago. Uh, I would agree with that in probably 90% of the cases. It's just an indication of a poor self-image. You know, I've, I've had the opportunity been very blessed over the years to share the stage with you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Mark Victor Hansen, author, Zig Ziglar, uh, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, uh, the great Charlie Tremendous Jones, and the list goes on and on and on. And it just blows my mind that a kid from a little town in Kentucky, population 400, would have those opportunities. And I've never heard any of those pioneers, those icons ever, not one time, from stage, use a curse word. Never. Uh, Never have. And the thing that I would ask you to consider is let's say that you walk into a Fortune 500 company and there's someone just absolutely cussing like a sailor within that Fortune 500 environment. My question to you, would you expect it to be a disgruntled employee on the assembly line or the CEO? Just curious. I believe that the majority of of the people, the population in the world would say, well, Dale, it's probably a disgruntled, a disgruntled person on the assembly line. I would agree too. Why? Because you wouldn't expect the CEO of a Fortune 500 company to be cussing like a sailor in that environment. Common sense. Not debatable. Most of you, all of you listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs. Many of you are parents. Many of you have children. Many of you want the best for those children. Do your children have a better chance of success in whatever feel they're in, wherever their passion is, whatever they're doing, whatever they're doing, whatever their their career path may take them, doesn't matter. Will they have a better chance of success by when they're in public environments, cussing like a sailor, or not cursing and using foul language. What's going to increase their odds of success? Your children. Your children. 
again, for me, common sense answer. I understand people use foul language to polarize their audience, to get attention. Uh, again, I've had the great pleasure uh, and unbelievable opportunity to speak all over the world. Uh, I've never considered myself a public speaker. I, I, I don't think I'm, I, I think I'm very passionate and have a lot of conviction about what I communicate, but I, I, I don't know anything about public speaking and people tell me, Dale, you need to join Toastmasters. You aren't supposed to turn your back on the audience. You're not supposed to, you walk the whole time. You're walking. You're supposed to, you're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. And look, I, I appreciate that. I never wanted to be a public speaker, never planned to be a public speaker. It's just something that happened, and I appreciate the opportunity and something that I now and love to do because uh, I believe I, I can communicate and at people based upon where they are, only based upon my track record and experience. But the first time I ever heard someone, a speaker, and I do a lot of events where there's multiple speakers. And the only time I ever, the first time that I ever heard someone uh, just go off, uh, there was a gentleman in the network marketing profession that I never had heard of. I read an article that I thought was phenomenal. And I just sent him an email. This was probably in, I don't know, late nineties. And I just thought the article was, was awesome. And he sent me a couple of DVDs and CDs and, uh, I watched and I liked what he had to say and talking about, you know, how having heart is more important than having talent and just a lot of good, solid information. And we were doing an event. We were hosting an event in Lexington called the seminar of the century. And we had a lot of different speakers come in and I invited, I decided to invite this guy. I thought it was awesome information and it was. And him and a lot of other speakers came in. Some of you listening were probably at that event. You know, it was a great crowd. We had people from over eight different countries. And at the time we did it, uh, network marketing, big generic events like that were really had were no longer hadn't been held for a few years because everybody was just focused on you know the world wide web and running to the internet uh to get rich and becoming the uh the hunted and not the hunter and all the other stuff that was going on at the time that we talk about in various publications and and webinars but anyway we we booked this guy and uh like Three or four weeks before that, uh, I was in Dallas. Uh, he was in Dallas, and we decided uh, that we would get together for lunch. And I had a rental car, and I had three of my staff members with me at the time. One was a real young couple, and uh, one was uh, a guy that had been with me for several years, one of our our uh, corporate officers. And we went and picked up this guy at the hotel, and we, we, we were going to go eat. And 
you know, we're getting, we're shaking, we meet each other for the first time, shaking his hand. And I love your stuff. He, they all listen to, to your stuff. And, you know, it was really good. And we're, we're, we're going and he's starting to mouth off and starting dropping F-bombs. And I'm like, what? I got a young 20-something couple in the car with me, you know, staff members. And it it was like all of us were beyond uncomfortable. And he was oblivious. And it just really blew my mind. I'll never forget that. It's like, now, I didn't, I didn't not invite him. And he came to the event. And he went on stage. And he did an awesome job. And not one curse word came out of his mouth. And then I remember about a few months later, I'm speaking at an event in Orlando. And a guy that in the Internet marketing world, all of you would know who this guy is. And the second day he's speaker and from stage. He's the same thing. Starts dropping the F bomb and, you know, and, and cursing throughout his entire presentation. And I'm looking around the room and you could just, you could just see that, you know, whatever he was trying to do was not working. Uh, it, and it was, and the guy's intelligent, awesome marketer. That was the first time I ever had been in an environment where a speaker was cursing from stage. And see, I understand that there's some people that uh, they develop, I call it just juvenile habits, and that maybe it's cursing, maybe it was smoking when they were a kid, that down the road they wish they had never created those habits, or if they had, that they had broke them. Life is to be lived forward, understood, looking backwards. And so for a lot of people, it is, it's just habitual. It's environment. And, uh, you know, I can remember as a kid going to the feed store and buying a little Coke in the bottle. Some of you remember the little bottles of Coke that came out. And, you know, there would be all the farmers sitting around in these chairs. Uh, you know, they would come in and just shoot the breeze and talk. And it was just, that was the world that I lived in, in small town America. And I can remember every now and then I would sit down just to listen. I wouldn't say anything. I would just like to listen to them. And I could, and a lot of times, they were just cussing their heads off. And I'm thinking, that guy goes to the Baptist church. I, I remember as a kid thinking, that's what, that's what the definition of a hypocrite is. And again, guys, stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Because some of you, I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah, Dale, it's like these people that are cussing and they're just being authentic. They're just being authentic. Look, I'm all for authenticity. All for it. All for it. My my fear is 
there's people that fall into juvenile habits that down the road as they grow older and they start looking back, wish they had broke those habits. That may or may not be you. That may or may not be somebody that you know. As I said when I started, I can argue either side of this. Now, understand, I grew up in probably what most people would consider the Bible Belt. Um, I am a believer, not because of that, because it's not a, it's a spiritual thing. Uh, so, but that has, that really goes, is not why I'm trying to communicate this message because believer, not believer, Bible Belt, Bible Belt, not Bible Belt, doesn't matter. It's the world that we're living in now and 70% of the population. And I understand that we all grow up in different environments and different cultures. And I can remember the first time I ever went to New York and I couldn't believe the yelling, the screaming, the, you know, that, that culture, that, that environment. I remember when I went to uh, Cooperstown, when Johnny Bench went in the Hall of Fame and I watched one of my childhood heroes going to the baseball Hall of Fame. And there was a lot of Bostontonians there, people from Boston. And the accent, you know, obviously I'd heard it all my life, but I was around it everywhere I looked. You know, this is Boston accent. And I'm sure if they came to Kentucky, they would be thinking the exact same thing. So I, I, I that's not where I'm going with all this. I understand that. I respect that. You know, I respect the cultures in different areas and different around the world and around the United States and around Canada. I, I sincerely do. I, I sincerely do. I understand culture dynamics. I often ask myself, what if I was raised in another country? Or what if I was raised in another state? You know, you're listening to a, to someone that in my entire life had never one time, one time, heard my dad say a cuss word. Now, I've heard him, I've seen him slam his finger with a hammer and say, oh, cuss. His cuss word was saying cuss. Oh, cuss. Cuss. He <laughs> would say cuss. He still will every now and then. Oh, cuss. Okay, and I understand, you know, in contrast, people that have gr- grown up in environments where F-bombs and every other foul word and language has been communicated around them constantly, daily. I get it. I, 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 I get it. And the only reason I'm making this podcast is just... I really believe a lot of people don't stop and think, don't really think through it. It's, oh, I'm just being authentic, Dale. Okay, and that's fine. I'm not going to call you out individually. I I never would do that. If somebody asked me, I would give their opinion. But really, I'm going to say my piece here and let it fall wherever it falls. Uh, recently, uh, I've been talking to a, to a guy back and forth. I hadn't seen him in years. And uh, 
were working together in a business. I met him one-on-one. Then we've talked four or five times. And about the fifth time we've talked, he said, Dale, he said, I'm going to tell you something. I said, what? He said, you know, the time that we've spent together here talking back and forth over the last two or three weeks, he said, I have not once heard you ever say a cuss word. And I said, well, I just don't do it. I just, I don't do it. Never, you know, I, to develop that juvenile habit when I was young, but I broke it probably when I was, before I was 20. Definitely before I had kids. I just broke it. I, it's just not, not something that I do. And he said, well, I just want you to know that I sincerely appreciate it. And I thought, you know, I, and again, this is something, guys, I've been talking about for about, a, or thinking about for about a year addressing this subject. Uh, I was also in an event in the Deep South on the last six, seven months. And there was a gentleman there that was a speaker, uh, actually the CEO of a company, and was communicating with potential uh, business partners and cursing throughout the presentation. Now, there wasn't any, you know, GDs or F-bombs or anything like that, but it was cursing. And I remember thinking and looking, and it's like he's not aware of the people that he's talking to because there were people that were getting offended, and one actually got up and walked out. That's, that's happened in the last six months. So all these little things I've been thinking about, and again, I haven't it's snowing outside. I'm going to talk about it today because I need to just go ahead and talk about it. I need to communicate and, and hopefully get people to just stop, think, consider. Uh, you know, if you're shooting yourself in the foot, you know, and you know it, that's one thing. Well, I'm being authentic, Dale. I carry or whatever. That's fine. But again, the only example, the only way I know to try to communicate it, to try to make it obvious is say, okay, it's your kids. They're on their career path. Are they going to be better off cursing like a a sailor or not? Uh, You walk into a Fortune 500 company. Someone's cursing like a sailor. Is it the CEO or is it a disgruntled, disgruntled employee on the assembly line? See, I think for the masses of people, the majority of people, the answer is pretty obvious. And and to and do some people uh, disguise, as Zig said, it's a sign of a poor self-image. For some people, do they do they say do they disguise that under the umbrella of being authentic? I don't know for everybody. I don't know. I, I, I don't judge. I'm just communicating. I don't judge. I'm just communicating. So what put me on this path, really, 
was about a year ago, year and a half ago, one of our consultants, our, our consulting clients that we work with, said, Dale, there's somebody you got to hear. You got to hear this guy. He said, I've never listened to anybody that, he said, do you know him? He said, he talks about the same stuff you're talking about. And you got to listen to this guy. And I'm thinking, I don't know who this guy is. I've never heard of this guy. And they sent me a video. And honestly, it offended me. How could you think this guy, you know, dropping F-bombs every other sentence and me have anything in common? And I, and I called my, my, my client and I said, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I couldn't get past the first, you know, paragraph or the first minute with this guy. And he said, Dale, he said, I, I'm sorry. He said, I should have warned you. I should have given you a heads up. But if you can just listen to the philosophy, the content, he comes from a very value-focused position, very value-focused. I've never met anybody that's as value-focused as you are until I started listening to this guy. And I said, well, you know, if I get a chance, I'll try again. I never did. And then by accident, I ran across this guy again. And I got through it. And then I got through another. And I got through another. And my coaching client was right. Was right. It's like, yeah, brothers from different mothers, as far as DNA, as far as awareness, awareness of other people. Now, as many of you know, you know, I got to a point where I just coasted for 15 years, uh, you know, and this particular person talks about the only thing that can take them out of the game is death of someone that they truly love. And as I've expressed in different podcasts, for me, uh, I feel like I went through 20 divorces at the same time. And again, I've never really gotten into a lot of detail and it doesn't matter, but I, I understand what, what, what's going to take this guy out of the game uh, because I've been there and, you know, just glad to be back. But, but see, I understand, again, culture, and I understand that if you grow up, in the, the environment that you're around creates your world, and, and I get that, um, but there's really no value in being authentic when over time, see, and again, I'm just going to talk about, I'm not going to get into to names because it doesn't matter, but there's very few people that have an awareness and understanding and emotional, tel- emotional intelligence, uh, uh, almost like a sixth sense as this particular individual and I understand you grow up in 
in uh, the north and you're around certain people and, and I and I get all that. But the shame is I would love there's 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 things that I've heard that I would love to share with my granddaughter, but I wouldn't in a, with my daughters, with with everybody in my circle that I I cannot I I can't do it. I can't do it because of that. Because of that. And here's here's the reality. I'm in the 70%. And for people to not understand that is sad to me. It's sad to me. And I understand you know, I did it my way. <laughs> I get that mentality. I'm there. I'm there in every aspect of my life. I don't care. You guys know. I, I, I'm anti-everything as it relates to the network marketing profession and and all the, the, the crap that's been disseminated throughout this profession. It, it bothers me. And so I just say crap. You see, if you anybody that's heard me ever for you, you might have heard me say crap. You might have heard me say BS. You might hear me say suck. And the first time that I ever said anything from stage that I felt so uncomfortable when I said it, and I even make reference to it. Some of you have probably seen the video. I don't even remember which one it was on, but I said pissed off. And I remember there's a huge crowd there, like eight, nine thousand people. And my mom's in the crowd. And I, and I, right after I said, I said, Mom, I'm so glad. Please don't be mad at me because I said, I mean, I'm so sad. Please don't be mad at me because I just said pissed off. So this, all of this, getting all this out, honestly, it could be my issue. It could be my issue. But I believe. I'm in the 70% on this topic. I'm with, I'm, I'm with the masses on this topic. And I know that I could have shared content with, on my platforms, thousands, tens of thousands of people that I will not. And I'm not the only one. I've heard other people make reference to this particular situation, Michael Hyatt. I heard talk about this, and I knew exactly who he was talking about. And it's, 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 it's sad to me that the genius will not be shared at the level that it should be. And that's, and, and again, I'm talking about one particular individual now, but it goes for everyone listening to this podcast, potentially. Uh, the guy I was talking about in Orlando, the first person that I ever heard, uh, you know, cursing from stage, uh, Lost all credit. It was very credible. Lost all credibility with me. And again, that was several years ago. Uh, but I had, I had invested over $20,000 with this guy previous to that and never saw that. 
if I had seen it before, that's $20,000. I would never, never have invested. You say, well, Dale, that's stupid. You know, it's not, if somebody can help you move forward, then you should listen that, that I agree with that because I, I face that every day. There's people all, every day, every day I get emails from people say, Dale, I didn't like you. When, when I first heard you talk, I didn't like you talking because you were telling me that from a network marketing perspective, that blogging was not a good use of my time when I was start, getting started as a newbie, that I should do something before I try to talk about it in this profession. And, you know, you're trying to tell me that attraction marketing w- was was not and again, no, I believe in attraction marketing. We, we use attraction marketing in our other business models, but network marketing is not about attracting somebody. It's not about creating a following. It's about developing teams. It's about developing leaders. And real leaders don't develop followers. They develop other leaders. So I get it when that rubs people the wrong way. Okay, but that's truth. That's truth. I'll defend it from now on. I'm not trying to be authentic. I'm just trying to share wisdom of the ages based upon 35 plus years watching this, observing it, listening. Okay, I'm not intentionally doing something or saying something that I know is not resonating with 70 percent. Well, it might not. Maybe I am. But but in but. When it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, I already know how this game ends. And and you know what the the, the, the person we're talking about when he when it's all said and done, he knows how the game ends. And yes, he'll be all time. What's the definition of all time? I'm all time. I did it my way. Yeah. And your way got you to 10, which puts you at all time because most people are minus 8. And you got to 10, but you could have been at 100. That's my fear for all people. All people. Helen Keller said, Light, uh, hell starts when the person you are meets the person you could have become. And I see a lot of people with a lot of talent that can implement a lot of people, in my opinion, and affect a lot of people in a positive way if they could just get a hold of this one juvenile habit and get rid of it. He's not the only one. There's a lot. And see, here's the other thing. Uh, you, you, you can book this person to come and speak. With cursing or without cursing? Literally. You, with cursing or without cursing? Isn't that a clue? Oh, but I'm being authentic. I'm done. Isn't that a clue? Isn't that a clue? You're too, it's like, come on, guys. Some of you are just way too smart for this. And, and, and I've seen the gentleman on network TV totally 100% not let one foul word come out of his mouth on network TV and as effective, in my opinion, more effective than when 
he's cussing like a sailor. So I think I've probably said everything that I wanted to say except one more thing. I believe to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. And uh, I've seen way too many times, and again, I'm listening, okay, but I'm not normal. From that, and again, I would never listen uh, if there wasn't a a level of communication that most never don't get. But I, I sincerely do, sincerely do. Um, and I never listen for entertainment purposes to anything other than University of Kentucky basketball. But too much is giving, much is required. And there's many times that I've seen a question and answer session and you've got some 21, 22, 23-year-old nerd many times, somebody's kid uh, getting on the microphone gets to ask the guru the question, and uncomfortably, uncomfortably, uncomfortably starts dropping F-bombs in an effort to be accepted by the guru. No authenticity at all. Beyond obvious. I know it. And you know what? I know this guru knows it. I know he knows it. And you can say all you want. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Find your own. And that's true. But that's not reality. And to not accept the responsibility. Well, I never said that. You don't have to say it. People watch what you do. Not what you say many times, many times. And there's just an overwhelming sense of responsibility. And, and I know, I know, as I sit here saying this, I know every person that is listening to this knows in their gut that this is reality. It, if you're speaking, if you're a speaker and you've let yourself fall into this habit and see, there was a guy, uh, I'll just say his name, Frank Kern, who's a genius copywriter who, you know, I don't know, seven, eight years ago started, you know, just polarizing his audience was what he was doing purposes, purpose, purposefully by just cussing. Now, if you listen to him now, he doesn't tend to do that anymore. But there was a time when he was. He absolutely did. But he doesn't now. 
And again, he's he's high level emotional intelligence also. So there was a method to all of it. Right or wrong, that can be debated and argued or whatever. But my question would be, why does he not do it now at the level that he used to? And I believe it's because life is to be lived forward, understood, looking backwards. Life is to be lived forward, understood, looking backwards. The negative impact that we can have unintentionally and the positive impact that we can have unintentionally and the ripple effect of both of those actions is something that all of us who have the opportunity to communicate with other people need to be aware of. And a lot of people say, well, Dale, you know, he just does that for effect. No, it, that's not true. It, it is, it is really authentic. It is really, uh, the culture, the environment in which a person is raised and the juvenile habits that are developed. And when they know better, never broken. And again, I'm not just talking about language and cursing. I'm talking about smoking. I'm talking, I mean, here in Kentucky, I mean, it was the tobacco capital of the world. I'm talking about, you know, it's multiple things we could be talking about. But my biggest fear, uh, because Unrewarded genius is who said that is almost a proverb. And I know instinctively, uh, I, I, what's going to happen emotionally, psychologically when the first death happens of the 8, 10, 12 people that mean the most. I mean, you guys know, I, I, I'm i a very tight-knit person. Uh, it's myself, Dawn, uh, and family, her family, my family. And there's not a whole lot outside of that that penetrates the world in which we've created. And, and again, I, I, I mean, we're in public and we're speaking and we're talking and we have events and we love people and we're going to listen and we're going to take care and we're going to provide the best service we possibly can to other people because your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. No question about that. And the value provided is astronomical with many people. I mean, many people, the, the buy, they'll get all time, like they'll get to a 10, but there's a, a rare few, rare few that could get to a hundred. I believe could get to a hundred. I mean, you talk about all time. It's like all time, all time. I, it's just no compare. It's just beyond obvious. And maybe it will be anyway. And that's, that's awesome. But what could have it have been? 
Again, hell starts when the person you are meets the person you could have become. And I'll just end it with this. Maybe this is why I decided to do this this, this morning on this and go on and get this topic out of my brain and get it covered. But I had a dream of this this guy's, I don't know, 15, 17 years younger than me. Um, and the, 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 the similarities are, are nobody would understand except that person and myself because, you know, it's like I sold everything when I was a kid. You know, I actually had a miniature golf course set up in my parents' backyard that we charged kids to go through. How many kids have done that ever? He did. Uh, he's blown away by magic, as many of you know. I'm a semi-professional magician. You know, took a business from zero to, to $60 million in five years. As many of you know, we took a business from zero to $100 million in five years. Uh, so the, 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 the similarities are just, it, it, it's, 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 <laughs> uh, it's, it's not normal. Uh, you know, understanding what's selling seeds and raking leaves and, and here's another thing. Uh, as many of you know, my brother and I had a baseball card shop. I could go on and on. I'm not going to because it doesn't matter. To the whole story, other than maybe you'll understand why this happened. I had a dream about this kid, and this is how I woke up this morning. I'm gone. This kid's 85 years old now, sitting in the owner's box. At the Jet Stadium after they just won their fifth Super Bowl. And they just won the, the, the fifth Super Bowl. Man, I, I hope that happens. I, I sincerely do. And the thought is. There's millions of people around the world that are celebrating this moment with me. But there should have been and could have been millions more. There's people, see that, that just, it bothers me. It bothers me. But there's people that are listening to this podcast now that will be down the road that need to just hear this message. And I would never say don't be authentic, but I don't, but I would say, don't let authenticity and the delusion 
of that keep you from fulfilling your highest potential? Because I don't think there's anyone that will listen to this on this particular topic who can honestly say, well, if I walked into that Fortune 500 company, absolutely the person cussing like the sailor. It's not the, it's not the disgruntled worker. It's, it, I would expect it to be the CEO. Maybe you can on that. Maybe you can. But if I ask you, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, and you want them to progress to the very best of their ability in their own personal career path, just put everything else aside, all your biases, all your thoughts, put everything aside and just come down to right here where the rubber hits the road. Is it in their best interest to every time they're in public, curse like a sailor, or is it in their best interest to listen and eliminate that juvenile habit? No, it's not a juvenile habit. It's me. Okay. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I know you do. If you've listened this far, I know you do. Only fools argue with facts. Only fools argue with facts. This is not, this is real easy. This is not even gray. It's not gray. It's not gray. It's, this is really, it's real black and white. Yeah, though, but the world's changing and everybody, oh, oh, okay, possibly. I, I would give you that. But over the next 10, 15 years, the next 10, 15 years, it will continue to change. Change for the better, change for the worse. That's debatable. I can argue both ways. But right now, today, when you're listening to this podcast, whatever year it may be, and we're talking about your children, is it in their best interest in whatever career path they've chosen, unless they're a comedian, and I could argue that. And see, again, well, I grew up, Dale, you got to understand, I grew up listening to Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy. and but Look, so did I. I know what George Carlin's seven key curse words that you can't say on TV are. I know what they are. I could repeat them right now. Something you can too. I, 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 I mean... <sighs> What happened to, uh, um, well, I mean, so again, I'm just trying to get real rubber hits the road here. Get all my personal bias and opinion out of it. 
the fact that, yes, you know, I was raised in small town, America, Bible Belt, you know, all everything I've already talked about. Forget, that has nothing to do with what I'm trying to communicate. Nothing to do with it. And if you want to think it does, then okay. But it doesn't. I'm just talking black, white here. Binary. It's real simple. Do you want your children on their career path to make a habit of consistently cursing and using offensive language to some, to, to some, daily along their journey? Or is it better to eliminate that? And if it's the right thing for them, wouldn't it be the right thing for you? This is Dale Calvert. Uh, I just have to hope that this podcast lands upon the ears of people. You know, it's it's out there now. It's been done. Uh, track record's track record, right? History's history. Uh, well, I'd be proud if my great-great-grandkid hears this someday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have I got it out of my system? Hopefully. Uh, why today was the day to release this, I don't know, and it doesn't really matter. But I hope it lands on ears that where it will make an impact. Because if it does, the ripple effect of that uh, will be meaningful and will add positive value in the lives of a lot of other people. That's my belief. That's my hope. This is Dale Calvert. I hope you'll come back next week for another session of the No Fluff Network Marketing Leadership Development Podcast. Y'all have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the No Fluff MLM Leadership Training Podcast. To download the show notes for this episode, you can find them under the podcast section at www.mlmhelp.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, the teaching is in the words, but the learning is in the silence.